Welcome to episode 977 of The Sleeper and the Bust. I'm Justin Mason, joined by Jason Collette. Jason, how you doing, my friend? Hey, I'm doing well because I'm not a healthy scratch today, unlike mm. some other NFL players. Uh, and apparently this is the podcast where the fans of the two best teams in the respective leagues meet. And so we don't have a guest today because if you're not a Rays or a Giants fan, you can't be on this podcast on Sundays because you have to represent the two best teams in each league. Sorry. Absolutely. I mean, we throw our NFL team in there. We're both a Washington football team fan. They have not lost a game all season. We're undefeated, baby. There we go. UCF's 2-0. This is a winning podcast. Lots of winning happening. There's only winning. Now, that changes when Paul and I record, but... Uh, <laughs> Texas. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, Texas. That was that was that was not good yesterday. Yeah, poor Paul. I mean, Texas, the Lions, uh, the Tigers. It's just it's just not winning for Paul. Yeah, right the Tigers now. did uh, the the Tigers did beat Tampa Bay on Friday night, but Tampa Bay got the revenge yesterday, and so today is the rubber match uh, of that series. And then we do it all over again next week. Uh, when they come to uh, Tampa Bay uh, for my birthday series weekend. So, uh, you know, it's, you know, there's not much left to be decided there, but it's always nice to have those wins. Yeah, this is an interesting time to be a Giants fan because, like, man, 92 wins at this point in this season uh, is amazing. Uh, I love it. It's crazy. But the fact that the Dodgers are only two and a half games behind us still after this insane winning streak is just uh, mind-boggling. They well, maybe maybe what will happen is they'll flop out like when the Yankees won 13 straight. And everybody's like, here comes the Yankees. And then they haven't won a game since. Yeah, yeah. Yankee, Yankees falling out of it. Now 10 games back of your race. Uh, that's that's crazy. Awesome. And that that division or that uh, that wild card uh, is becoming really, really fun to watch with the Yankees, uh, Red Sox and, and Blue Jays. And it's what baseball needed, too, because it was, I mean, with these division races being settled, but when you look at that, like, if the season ended today, Boston's hosting the one-game playoff. I'm sorry, I take that back. The Yankees and the Jays would have to have a one-game playoff Mm -hmm. to figure out who would be the one-game playoff. Yeah, and well, and the A's and the Mariners aren't even out of it. They're only two games back of that that last spot, so... Uh, that's going to be a really fun division or a uh, wild card race to watch. I, I don't. I mean, I think uh, the Padres and the Reds. That'll be interesting. Cardinals still kind of in the mix there uh, as well a little bit. But uh, yeah, that the American League wild card is just going to be insane to watch down the stretch. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm super fun. excited about about baseball playoffs this year. It's just so much, so much going on. I know football starting. People are tuning out to baseball, but you and I uh, and Paul, we're all still going strong in baseball. And we're going to talk about uh, kind of some two-start pitchers uh, coming up for this week. Two-start uh, pitchers are going to be really, really valuable rest of the way. So uh, we're going to talk about a number of them. I tried to take off most of the ones that were like widely rostered across every format uh, and, and kind of focus on guys who are uh, available at least in, in some shallow leagues uh, and, of course, in deeper leagues as well. Um, uh, and then, uh, But before that, we're going to talk about your targeting relievers for cheap wins article that you wrote uh, because I think it's a really, really interesting idea, something I've been kind of talking about as well. Um, so I want to kind of discuss that with you. But before we do that, let's, let's just jump in and talk about some news and notes. Uh, Matthew Boyd to the IL with an elbow strain. Uh, this is a bummer. 
I mean, Boyd had a really, really hot start to the season, had had the elbow strain initially, went down for quite a while, was out for like over two months, uh, and now back to the IL. We have to think his season is done, but we could also, this could also potentially be Tommy John. Uh, where are you thinking about Boyd for next year if he isn't going to get the surgery? Yeah, that's and the, the toughest part about all this with this type of injury is obviously you you shut him down for the rest of this year, right? But then what are you going to do? You got how is he going to find out what where things are uh, for this? And if he has it, then he misses. You know, let's say even if he were to make the decision now, let's have it now. He misses all of 2022. He misses most of 2023. Uh, even if he doesn't have it. Yeah, I don't know how before the season I'd like I really looked at him as a top 60 starting pitcher as a as a bounce back. Uh and right now with the news that we have the way things stand today, I don't know how I could even consider taking him at that point. Uh, because this is just too much tinder uh to worry about that blowing up during the season. So what gets back to one of these cases, let somebody else take the risk. It really sucks. He's a guy that I enjoy watch pitching. I like the bounce back that he's had, but no, I, I can't. I, I, do, I can't do this type of thing right now. Yeah, my guess is he will try to pitch if he if he can, right? I mean, obviously, if there's a complete tear or something, he's going to see an orthopedic surgeon uh, next uh, early this week. Um, so, but so maybe we'll get some more information. But uh, he is a free agent in 2023, and so you know he wants to pitch in 2022 to try to keep it, you know, reestablish his value heading into, you know, his free agency year. So, yeah, I agree with you, though. I mean, he, he will probably be kind of off of my draft board coming into 2022, even if he doesn't get the surgery. It just it just seems to be too risky. Uh, Jake Cronenworth fractured uh, his finger. I believe it is his ring finger on his uh, left hand. Uh, do you, I mean, they're, they're saying that it's minor, that he could make it back before the end of the season. Are you dropping Drake Cornerworth? Uh, so we have three weeks left, three scoring periods left. And I, I kind of have to, if, if I'm in a, if I'm in a position where I know I can get, you know, in your counting categories where runs stolen bait, if, if you're tight enough and you can find an option of somebody that's going to get in there and play, I think you kind of have to. Uh, recently, keep league is a different conversation. Uh, you got to try to find a way to keep him around. But with three scoring periods left uh, and categories, if your categories are as tight as some of mine, uh, yeah, yeah, you have to look for who's going to play, who who has the most games. Because even some of these teams, there's an imbalance on how many how many games left some of these teams have played as well. So even if they have a healthy guy, you really have to start staring at the schedule and see who has the most games left. I and mean, we were just talking about. Uh, the wild card situation, like Boston, Boston only has 18 games left. When I look at this, the the Yankees have 20, the Jays have 20, the uh, the A's have 20. So kind of take a look at the schedule uh, and and see who has the most games as well. While you're thinking about these types of decisions, uh, so you can try to maximize maximize every plate appearance you possibly can uh, with this. If if you're in a very tight counting category situation with your stats. Yeah, absolutely. Every every game is going to matter the rest of the way, and so definitely make sure that you're you're maximizing as much as possible. I, I think you can drop him because, like I said, I mean, if he's out for ten more days, 
in minimum, right? I mean, there's always yeah. a chance he could re-injure it, uh, um, or uh, that he, uh, you know, that it takes him longer to get back than they're thinking. Plus, this is a team, you know, again looking for playoffs and stuff. So, uh, you know, I think they'll be a little bit cautious with him so he doesn't re-injure it. Yeah, I, th- I think you could probably drop drop Cronenworth and, and move on. What about Wander Franco? You've, you're actually your Rays two guys on uh, to the IL uh, this weekend. Wander Franco with hamstring tightness. Shane McClanahan with a stiff back. Is this kind of like, hey, we're pretty close to the end, anyways? We've got this division sewn up. Let's just make sure these guys are, you know, let's be cautious with them. Make sure they're uh, ready for the playoffs. Um, or are you worried that this is more? Uh, very much, very much the case there with McClanahan. I mean, I think we've we've talked about it a few times. Yeah, I've always used the line like the club likes to control workload twenty to twenty five percent increase year over year. They're well beyond that with McClanahan. Uh, the joke would be his he's got a stiff back because he's been carrying this rotation down the stretch, <laughs> uh, which is mostly true uh, to that point. But this is a, a very well timed situation where it's like go take some time off. Yeah, they're going to need him in the postseason. Uh, if they get deep into the postseason, that's only going to take them well past their comfort zone uh, for things. So, honestly, no big deal there. Doesn't bother me as much. And with Franco, I would say the same thing with Franco applies with Cronenworth. Franco's probably going to be out until the final few days of the regular season. And it's, it's, to me, it, like he'll come back the final scoring period. If you, if you can find another full-time guy, like Taylor Walls, obviously big drop off from not. I mean, he hit what 37 straight games getting on base here. He's been phenomenal in that. You're not going to find a good replacement, but you can find a good full time player that can give you numbers that are better than zeros. Uh, but you may just have to cut Franco as well uh, with this because, you know, look, I, I guess the, the best comparison I could say is Willie Adamas. Remember, Willie Adamas was day to day, same injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you know, It was a leg injury. I think it was quad, Adamas. yeah. Or quad, but I mean, he's been out now. He still isn't back, and he went down on uh, the August twenty second, twenty fourth, something like that. And it, they they were stalling about putting him on the disabled on the injured list. Um, I'm sorry, he went down September fourth, uh, and he's and he, he's not going to come back on time uh, for that. And so that's really the the comparison I would use for that. Yeah, I, I think at this point, anybody who goes on the IL is 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 probably a drop. Because, I mean, you know, if, if we have today is, is the 12th, the last day of the season, I believe, is the 27th. So it's it's really like just over two weeks or something like that um, in terms of uh, in terms of time left. Like you, there, there's not enough time left at the end of the season for for guys to come back after 10, day, 10 games. So, uh, you know, that's that's probably you're probably dropping anybody that uh, hits the IL at this point, unless it's a superstar and, and you can kind of figure out, okay, maybe I need their last start or something like that. All right, let's uh, let's talk about targeting relievers for cheap wins. Talk about this, uh, this research and article you wrote um, because I really love the idea. So I wrote this article uh, over at Rotowire because it, it just, watching the box scores of late, it just felt like, man, there's just a lot of relievers getting wins right now. Uh, and, we talked a lot about this last year, uh, especially early on with the 30 man rosters. And we don't know how, how deep pitchers can work into games. And so it's going to be a lot of, 
rotation by committee and just and, and it happened and then eventually leveled off uh, over the eight week season that we had last year. And, but then this year we talked about, hey, there's going to be burnout uh, and eventually here there's going to be some kind of flipping of the script where these guys are going to struggle down the stretch. And, and we've seen it here in the second half of the season. I think no team exemplifies this more than the Chicago White Sox. You look at that starting rotation that was just so awesome. In the first half of the season, Dylan Cease got busted up last night by Boston. Dallas Keuchel, uh, it looks like a, a, a shadow of his former self uh, that he was in the first half of the season. Uh, Lance Lynn got hurt. He's coming back today. Carlos Rodon went down. It's like they were doing so well, and then that that flopped out on him. Cleveland uh, a little bit uh, as well, but Chicago, that rotation was everything for them, uh, and it is falling apart on them uh, because of the way LaRusse has used them. And we talked about this a couple of months ago when I, when I, uh, we had, we were talking about one of my other articles about how the uh, managers were not thinking about the long term and they were just playing 2021. Like it was a normal season, same foundation and it's come back to hurt. And so when I looked at the numbers of the first half of the season, basically starting pitchers were, were being, uh, were earning 58 to 60% of the wins uh, by month. It was 60, 58, 60. Uh, for March, April, May, June. And then in July, it went 54-46. August, it maintained a 54-46. And then as we wake up this morning here, two months into the uh, into September, it's 57-43 relievers. So it is completely flipped around. Uh, and then when I looked at that, it's okay, maybe this is a one-year anomaly. Let's go back and look at the most recent September's. And so these are the, this, these are the percentage of wins that went to relievers over the last full, the last four full seasons. In 2016, 38%, 2017, 32%, 2018, 45%, and then 2019, 47%. And so you saw a big jump in 18 and 19, but here we are, 21, 57% of wins. And that was the same. When I started looking at this article last week, it was 57%. So two weeks into September, it hasn't changed at all. And so when we start talking about, because most of this podcast, we're going to be talking about two start pitchers here. And I make the case in the article, uh, you know, two starts aren't automatics. Uh, and even a one start, it's got to be a really nice matchup. But, you know, you as you as we go into if your league's still allowing you to pick up free agents this week, stare long and hard at the reliever pool. Try to find some of those relievers. Obviously, when you're, you're trying to look for guys that pitch uh, in good situations, uh, but even then, there's no gimme because some when I looked back and said, okay, who's got multiple wins in September? And Scott Efros was one of those guys. The Cubs suck, but he had two wins in the first week of the season. Justice Sheffield, yes, the, the Mariners are still com uh, competing. Justice Sheffield did it great. Pitched two innings, got two wins. I mean, what else can you ask for? Uh, and it's a really tough thing to try to chase down these wins with relievers, and I, I fully get that. But that's where the wins are going right now. They're going to relievers because some of these teams are starting to say, okay, we have to, I've got a 10-game lead. I don't have to stretch these guys out. I'll go ahead and pull this guy at four innings. Or I'm going to pull him at 65 pitches. And I, I need to think about the rest of the calendar uh, that I have ahead of me and not just the, the immediacy. And I think we even saw this last night with uh, Corbin Burns and the combined no-hitter. Mm -hmm. I mean, he has 115 pitches. Uh, and Corbin Burns is, you know, he already missed a little bit of time. They've done the six-man rotation, but they didn't even give him the chance. I mean, Josh Hader was out there to start the ninth inning. Uh, you know, most other managers would have sent Burns out there. But Milwaukee's got to think about the extent of their calendar. And you know, we all recognize that 
nobody really wants to be matched up against them in the playoffs when they can throw uh, a Burns, a, a Woodruff, a Peralta, the back end of that bullpen against you in a series. It's a really tough matchup uh, for them. And so, you know, kudos to Council for doing what he did last night in the face of all. I, I, I could hear all the old school screamers going, oh, my God. You know, even part of me on Twitter said, you know, I, I would at least like give him a have somebody ready. Yeah, I kind of get it, but I also said I respect Council for doing what he did and thinking about the bigger picture. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he made the right decision. The team is more important, and and the playoffs are more important. Like, uh, and it's not like he was turning it over to some schlub. He's turning it over to the best, you know, best relief pitcher, uh, right, in the game. And and thank God Hater got it because if Hater had given it up, given up a hit. Um, I think we all would have been second guessing that decision, but it's the right decision, especially because you know, the Brewers have been teams that have said they want to play it more conservative with these workloads, uh, and we're going to see a lot more teams, you know, especially teams that have fallen out of the playoffs or teams that have racked, that have already locked up a playoff uh, spot, start to become more conservative. I still think you know all those teams we're talking about fighting for wild card spot in, in the AL or fighting for division still, you know, they may push some guys. A little bit more, but I think I, I think we're gonna see a lot more reliever wins. Um, I you know it's time to really start digging into roster resource and looking for these these Ashby guys uh, that might be able to pick up some cheap uh, cheap wins down the stretch. Um, but I, I completely agree. We're gonna talk about a lot of two start pitchers here right now, um, and some of them we're just probably gonna say I'd rather just pick up a reliever, and that that's fine. I think that's. You know, but that's the kind of things we need to start thinking about is balancing whether or not we want these uh, two-star pitchers or even a one-star pitcher versus uh, a reliever that might be able to sneak a cheap win that way. And I don't even know if your league, like one of my home leagues, uh, we have a roster expansion rule, which I think is really cool. And it's the only one I've oh, been in awesome. that allows you to do this. But for $5 a spot, you can expand. So like I expanded my pitching staff by two spots and threw two relievers in there. So I have a, a an 11 man pitching staff right now. It's three starters and eight relievers. Yeah, I, I think it's been, it's been a while since I was in my original home league, about five years. Or but I believe we had a September call up and it, we could we could add one spot. Um, there was no price or anything attached to it, but we could add one spot. I think it's a really great idea, honestly. You know, um, I, we could add the three. Uh, I would have added a third spot had I had a healthy bat, but I didn't. Like runs is really tight, uh, but the only healthy bat I had was uh, Victor Caratini. And when I look, I'm like, you've had three runs over the last month. Is is it worth <laughs> adding five dollars? You're barely. I was like, I just can't. So I got. I need Adamas to come back because he's sitting on my IL, and like that, I'll 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 add it for. Uh, but that's kind of where, that's where I'm stuck, uh, for things. So, but I really like the rule, but I just looked at it and said, you know what? I've got relievers I've been picking up. Cause one of the things I like to do, especially in a keeper league is spec on future saves. And so I will pick up guys on the cheap and keep them on my bench and if they're middle relief and they don't get a job, fine, I'll just dump them. But if they end up with the job, then I've got a nice closer at keeper time. So uh, I, I've been looking for some of these high leverage relievers to throw on my bench to see what happens in the off season. And now I'm saying, you know what? I'm just going to use them anyhow. Might as well throw them in the lineup. Absolutely. Uh, let's uh, let's move on and talk about these two start pitchers. What I'm going to do is I'm just going to throw out the, the pitcher and you tell me whether or not you're super interested in starting them this week. John Means versus the Yankees and then at Boston, been very kind of uneven recently in terms of, you know, whether he's giving you a good start or a bad start. Orioles not 
in contention, so maybe they let him go. So John Means, you you, you rolling with him this week? Uh, no, I, I mean those are those are tough matchups uh, for him. And let's not forget if you're if you're trying to get wins, that bullpen's not. I mean they gave up 11 runs in the seventh inning yesterday. Yeah, they were winning two to one going into the seventh in a doubleheader and lost 11 to two. It's unbelievable how bad that bullpen is. No, I don't want means has not been the same guy since he's come back off the IL and the rules have changed. Uh, he's got flashes where he's good, but then he gets into trouble and then the bullpen just dumps gas all over the uh, situation and things blow up. So, no, I don't want this one. Give me a reliever. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I think I'd rather uh, go to a reliever, especially with these matchups. I mean, both these teams competing for playoff spots. Uh, neither neither place Boston or Baltimore great place to pitch anyway. So, uh, all right, I'm I'm gonna. How do you pronounce it? It's Luis. It's not. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say heel. It's yeah, Luis heel. That's what I thought because I know it's not Luis Gill. Luis heel. Uh, Yankees pitcher. Uh, both home starts, but uh, versus Minnesota and versus Cleveland. Not great matchups either. I mean Minnesota's. Uh, you know, their record's bad, but their lineup's not. It's not their lineup's problem. Uh, and so that's a tough matchup. And Cleveland, it's, it's been hit or miss, obviously. They didn't hit anything last night. Uh, but this is a, a neutral matchup. This will be another one that I would look for a reliever uh, over because even Heel's not going deep into games himself uh, for that. And yeah, he's got some really nice stuff, and the strikeouts could, uh, could be there, but he's had his issues. So uh, I'll take a reliever uh, over putting Heel in my lineup this week. Yeah, that's a tough one because I actually I like these line or I like these matchups for him. You know the you know, I know you said the lineups aren't bad, but they're not good either. Um, I don't love that it's at home. My biggest concern is like you kind of said, like the last two starts he's gone three and a third and, and four and two thirds. And while he's been you know pretty good uh, most of this season, one forty two ERA in, in his uh, four starts so far. Um, I just don't know that he's going to get an opportunity to win uh, and go deep enough for a win. So I think I would likely roll with a reliever instead, honestly. So, um, yeah. What about Drew Rasmussen? Um, he's at Toronto, bad matchup, versus Detroit. Okay matchup. Not great matchup. <laughs> um, uh, or would you roll with Rasmussen? Uh, no, I'll take a reliever here as well. I mean, Toronto is on fire. Uh, their their match their lineup is just a matchup nightmare. Uh, yeah, and this game would be in Rogers Center uh, for this, and and then he Rasmussen will get the outing against Detroit back home, uh, which should which is obviously the more attractive matchup of the two. But it's not a it's no gimme. I mean, we we I know Paul's talked about it on this. I mean, after that horrid start, Detroit's been pretty good. Uh, they've been an above 500 team after that, what, 8 and 19 start, uh, something like that. But that Toronto matchup could be problematic. And the only reason why I say it's problematic is with one of the things that's made, that's made Rasmussen really good uh, is he just attacks the strike zone. Like he's not out there to say, I need you to chase the chase. Uh, he's been, for a guy that, come, that has come out of the bullpen, I've, I've really enjoyed watching him pitch because he's been very, uh, for the most part, extremely pitch efficient like his pitch counts per per inning have been like 14 to 16 uh and which is unusual for a guy that's essentially a two-pitch guy uh 
but he's been working in the third pitch and he's been really working to strike zone. So I've been impressed with his growth in, in season. It's made me feel better about trading Willie Adamas. I, it, the trade had to be done obviously with, with Franco and the, what he's done. It, it's, it, it, you had to, you had to do something there. Uh, but it's been impressive to see what Rasmus, because he's probably going to be in the rotation next year, uh, the way he's had this growth. But these aren't great, Matt. The, that Toronto matchup could get really ugly um, in a hurry. Uh, and then as I'm saying this, watch, he'll go and shut him down. Uh, <laughs> but they're they're red hot. And if I can find a reliever, this would be one of those ones where if I'm worried about protecting my ratios, I find another option. Yeah, I think I'm with you. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not testing Toronto at all. Just, I mean, unless it's a stud, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna play that matchup. So, what about Aaron Savale at Minnesota and then at the Yankees? Uh, he threw four and two thirds in his first start off the IL, which hopefully means he can go a little bit far on that and be eligible for wins. Yeah, and. You know, trust me, this isn't going to be a whole list where I go through and say, give me the reliever, give me the reliever, give me the reliever. But this is kind of one of the other ones where I'm like, I, I think I want the reliever. Uh, I, I, like I said, Minnesota, uh, they can still put a hurting on you at times. Uh, you know, Polanco's hitting the ball incredibly well right now. Uh, you know, they're they're healthy for the most part. Uh, and there's a lot of familiar, <laughs> never say that word right, familiarity uh, mm-hmm. with Savali. And so that could be a tough matchup. And then with, with the Yankees, the yeah, they've lost eight straight, but getting back to when they won 13 straight, they were hitting the crap out of the ball. Now that they've lost eight straight, they're not hitting the ball. Well, the real Yankees team is somewhere in the middle, and they're going to start hitting it again, and it could come against it could come against Savali, probably going to come against Means, as we were saying earlier, but they're going to be better uh, with this. There, there's no way they're going to keep losing. Uh, it would be fun to watch, uh, but there's no way they're going to keep, they're going to continue to lose here, uh, with this. So this is a, a tough matchup. I'm not saying like automatically give me the reliever, but uh, I'm leaning, like, I'm going to take a long, hard look. If I have Savali, at what options do I have for something else? Yeah, I think I'm going with Savali. He looked really good in that in that first start back from the IL against Minnesota. Six strikeouts, gave up one earned run on three hits and a walk uh, in four and two-thirds. I think the uh, Indians will let him maybe go a little bit deeper so he can be eligible for that win in this next start. Um, and the Yankees have been a mess since, like you said, since that 13-game winning streak. So I think I would I think I would roll with this one. Uh over a reliever, but I, I totally understand going the opposite way on that. What about Willie Peralta uh, going up against, I'm pretty sure this is a no, uh, but going up against Milwaukee and then at Tampa Bay. Yeah, it's a no. Uh, this may be the the worst matchups uh, for anybody we've discussed so far, uh, in my opinion. So I don't want like I, I kind of have to in an AL labor unless I can find a good reliever free agent tonight because uh, I do have Peralta in my in AL labor uh, which I passed Eno this week <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, and so I, I may need to because I want to I want to stay ahead of Eno I'm, I'm in fourth I, I have a very low shot of getting to third but I'm in fourth uh, and so I want to protect that. And so I'm thinking, you know what? I got to find a way to get him out of my lineup. Uh, and because he's free, well, I could always swap in Merriweather, who's off the IL, but he's only going to pitch like a, two innings a week. So that may be my protection right there. I'm going to take Peralta out and I'm going to put uh, Merriweather back in my lineup so I can enjoy just a little more juice uh, out of that. 
and and go there. But I do not, I do not want Peralta on my lineup this week. Yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not testing uh, the Brewers or even Tampa Bay. That's just he's only gone four innings in each of his last two starts. So I'm I'm definitely not I'm not risking that. Go go get a middle reliever uh, for 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 that series. Um, Jake Odorizzi is at Texas, and then. Or yeah, at Texas and then home versus Arizona. I mean, this feels like the easiest. Yes, right. Yeah. Now we're talking. This is an absolute. I'm leaving him in my lineup. I don't care what the relief. This is this is one of my favorite uh, on paper. When we looked at this list you provide, I'm like, this is an automatic for me. Uh, this is this should go really well for him. Now uh, I don't know if you saw this week when he was all bitching and complaining that he, he got yanked out after 20 batters and, and then the Astros, like he didn't get the win. The Astros came back and won and he was like, eh, it's bullshit. I got pulled. Right. Again, you know, times through the order penalty. He's like the face of the times through the order penalty. He's got like a 340 batting average, a 900 slug third time through the order. He is the face of it for a reason. Uh, and it was the, and this isn't our dad's Dusty Baker, right? It's like Dusty Baker, the old school Dusty Baker would have left him out there and he would have given up the five runs on his own. But new Dusty Baker is like, this guy can't do this. So after 20, I'm yanking him. Uh, and so, you know, kudos to Dusty Baker for doing that. And Odorizzi, shut up. I mean, if you, if you don't want to get pulled, do better third time through the order and don't get blasted as you have throughout your entire career uh, with that. But that said, the, he should be able to get five, six innings and qualify for both of these wins this week. Yeah, Odorizzi is only 30% rostered on ESPN. I know they catered to shallower formats, but the, the the fact that you can get him in, you know, over 60% of leagues in ESPN is, is ridiculous. This is easily, uh, at least as far as I'm concerned, like the, yeah, the best of, of these two starts that we're talking about today. So I, I would definitely go grab him. Packy Naughton which feels like someone who took a time machine back from the 30s um, is uh, at Chicago and versus Oakland. Any interest in Packy Naughton? Every time I see that, I'm like, that cannot possibly be a real name. Uh, it just cracks me up. Uh, and then I watched him pitch. I'm like, that can't possibly be a major league pitcher. So there we are. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, he, he threw five innings, five scoreless innings against the Padres recently. But uh, I'm not I'm not buying into this one uh, at all. And Chicago and Oakland are both two teams that can, can take you deep pretty easily. So I, I'm staying away from it. You staying away from it as well? Yep. All right. Uh, what about Logan Gilbert? Um, he is versus Boston and at Kansas City. So one uh, one kind of scary start and then one not so scary start. Gilbert has been very uneven down the stretch. It really seems like he's kind of tiring out probably after not throwing many innings last year. I'm going to pass on this one and go for the reliever. Uh, are you? Yeah, on paper, you know, these seem like pretty decent matchups, but you're, I mean, over, you're, you're right in that he's looked tired. I mean, over the last 30 days, 859 ERA, six home runs in 22 innings, 35 hits, only three walks. So that's great. The 22 to three strikeout the walk ratio, you're like, all right. But he has been murdering your ratios, 859 ERA, 173 whip. That's really tough unless you have other options. Uh, I would try to find another option. Yeah, I, I, I just think it's better to avoid 
especially, I mean, that Kansas City start, definitely not scary um, for me, but the Boston start, I feel like that could be really dangerous. Uh, Tuki Toussaint uh, is home versus Colorado and at my San Francisco Giants. Any interested in Tuki? Uh you got to hope that on the front end of that, he does well enough to offset what could potentially happen on the back end of that. That's really what it comes down to. I mean, Colorado on the road's obviously a, an attractive uh, start, but going against the Giants uh, at uh, Oracle, still called Oracle? Yes, it is called okay. Oracle. Yeah. Uh, not a, a great, so you have, you're going to have to take the good with the bad here. Uh, with that so yeah I would take another look um, at that in fact as we were talking uh, definitely over Gilbert uh, and of the pitchers we've talked so far it's like you know Odorizzi is the the best one of the bunch for me but so far like Toussaint is one of the top three that we've discussed so far of yeah I'll take him this week yeah I'm, I'm gonna take a middle reliever last four or sorry last three starts he's gone an inning then three innings, then three innings. They're, they're building him up, man. He's going to go five now. <laughs> yeah, no. They're, they're building him <laughs> down, apparently. Uh, my guess is they're uh, my guess is they're starting to just kind of limit his innings. Let's see. He's thrown 46 uh, in, in the majors. Oh, he only threw like 20, 21 and a th- or no, 20 and a third in the minors this year. Like, I, don't, I don't understand why they're. They're not letting him go farther. Huh. Yeah, I, I'm going to stay away from this. I don't think he's going to be able to get a win. I think you're and, – and that Giants start could be pretty risky. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think I would go a different direction. I think I would I would go middle reliever. Uh, what about Rich Hill versus St. Louis versus Philadelphia? Yep. Yeah. I, Honestly, I, that, yes. <laughs> I mean, with the uh, – Odorizzi still the, my favorite uh, of this matchup, but this is number two. Yeah, I mean Hill has been, I think, quietly pretty good recently. Um, and something I mentioned recently uh, on a couple podcasts that I guessed it on um, is Rich Hill has not had a blister issue since the spider tax stuff went out the window. Amazing, right? Actually, and, he had a, I don't, has he had a blister issue at all this year? Yeah, I don't. I don't Just know that. He, I don't. Not, I don't think he has this year. Because he looked. I mean, he looked pretty bad when when Tampa Bay moved him and then mm-hmm. he's gone to the national league and it's 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 worked for him yeah i mean since uh the beginning of i believe yeah see i'm, I'm gonna sort from the beginning of august he's got a 294 era eight strikeouts per nine uh it's not walking anybody not giving up any home runs he's given up a total of three home runs they all came in the same game against the dodgers um in that time frame yeah he's been really really good i think and he's going deep into games he's gone into he's gone at least six uh in each of his last two starts and he's gone at least uh five in uh in all four of his last starts so yeah i, I think you're you're easily starting rich hill um i think yeah he moves up to the top of the list right there with odorizzi actually for me he's actually above odorizzi um but uh, yeah, I, th- I think he is—he's uh, a guy you should be targeting this week for sure if he's available in your leagues. Kyle Gibson, as was amazing at the beginning of the season, uh, looked like he was starting to carry that over when he initially got traded. But it struggled as of late. Any chance you're starting Kyle Gibson this week? Yeah, these matchups are good enough. I mean, over the last 30, 450 ERA of 133 whip, not fantastic, but three quality starts and two wins in his last five starts. Um, the Cubs should be an auto win 
you would hope, but it is Philly. They do love blowing. They do love blowing leads. I think they lead the league and blown saves yet again. Good job, Philly. Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna. I'm leaving Gibson in the lineup this week. Yeah, I'm. I'm leaving Gibson in the lineup uh, as well. Hopefully, we don't get another eight spot like he gave up against Miami uh, <laughs> this last week. So, um, or, or or on the third. So, yeah. Uh, Speaking of Miami, mm-hmm. that's the next one. <laughs> that is the next one. Uh, Paulo Espino. Uh, is got is home versus Miami and then home versus Colorado. Espino has actually been pretty uh, pretty good um, as of late. Kind of just kind of holding a spot in that Washington rotation, uh, considering they've uh, you know had injuries and traded uh, traded guys away. Um, last start wasn't so great, but before that he had been pitching decently well enough. You rolling with a two start of Miami and then home versus uh, Colorado. I am, uh, and I'm doing this in my home league. We're trying to fight for first. Uh, I have a Spino, uh, and I'm keeping him in my lineup. Uh, like, I here's the thing, though. I mean, I I've got ERA secured. I'm first in ERA uh, strikeouts. I'm not going to move. So, this is a wins plus quality start league, so I'm trying to protect where I am. I'm not going to be able to jump up, but I'm trying to protect where I am, uh, and that's that's really the only category I can make any kind of movement in. Uh, and so I'm keeping him in there uh, this week. But that's that's the context of why I'm running with the two starters. You know, but the matchups are pretty decent. I mean, yeah. they, they, you know, he's at home. He's got these two lineups. Uh, this is pretty good. Uh, this will be a top five of the ones we've discussed so far. Agreed. Yeah, I put him kind of just below the Rich Hill and the Jake Odorizzi and Aaron Savali for me. But he, he's right up there uh, as a guy that I, I'd be willing to stream this week for in a two start. What about Adrian Sampson? This this one is like a blast from the past. He was a guy that I thought uh, could turn into something. Um, went to the KBO last year in the shortened season uh, and uh, didn't pitch particularly well. Uh, and ha- didn't pick, pitch particularly well in AAA this year. But the Cubs have brought him up into the rotation. And so far, so good. We've got, you know, uh, his last start was five uh, innings, two earned runs. Two strikeouts, you know, blank the Pirates for three and a third. Any interested in Adrian Sampson, who's at Philadelphia and at Miami? Uh, now, give me the reliever uh, on this. I mean, the last 30, 570, you know, uh, 221 ERA, but a 572 FIP. This is the weirdness of it all. It's like he's gotten, he's getting away with it right now. And how long, how much longer can he continue to get away with it? Uh I'd rather look for a better reliever than take a chance on a guy that is, when you look at the numbers, like, how is he getting this done? This really shouldn't happen. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm I'm with you there. Um, so we'll, we'll just move on. Talk about Dylan Peters versus Cincinnati and at Miami. This one's tough because, A, Pitts is for Pittsburgh. Uh, that's part of the problem. But the, the Reds have had their issues against lefty pitchers. And uh, I know there was one recently where they just blasted them out of nowhere. But for the most part, if you have a left hand, you've been able to succeed against the Reds. They've had their issues against them. So in a deeper league, I'm kind of intrigued with this one. That I, I'm willing to see, let's see where it goes. Uh, and he's got that great curveball that he can lean on. So I, I'm leaning that, yeah, I'm going to use him this week. Yeah, I think he is definitely in play 
Um, it's not matchups. I mean, the Cincinnati matchup can be a little bit scary, but Miami definitely not. Um, he he went f- only four in his last outing, but the previous two to that, he'd gone five in, in uh, two starts against uh, St. Louis. So that's pretty impressive. So, yeah, I think he's um, kind of on the lower end of, of guys I would consider. Uh, what about John Gray? Uh, Colorado not at home this week. They're on the road at Atlanta, at Washington. You, you rolling out uh, John Gray. Uh, I'll go with it. Not crazy about it, but uh, I would, since they're on the road, I'm going to go ahead and, and run with it. I would say it, this ma- the matchups-wise with those two, uh, neutral to slightly risky, but the upside of what he could bring with strikeouts, if I'm chasing strikeouts, this is one you'd have to consider go- running with. Yeah, I I tend to want to agree with you, but he's actually been really bad on the road this year. <laughs> he's got 4.68 ERA on the road this year. Um and I I just to me like I I why even risk it, especially when you're going uh to to Atlanta. So, um I I think I'm actually out on John Gray right now uh uh on a road starts uh just cuz of the way he's pitched on the road. So, um, Fair enough. Look, we're going to finish off with uh, um, Jake Arrieta, who's at San Francisco, and then at St. Louis, and then Scott Cashmere uh, at uh, versus San, home versus San Diego, home versus Atlanta. Any interest to, interest in these two guys? First of all, did we get a time machine and go back to like 2014? Like yep. how? When I saw this at the list, I'm like, wait, what? Last time I saw like the 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 Padres had picked up Arietta and it was the and then he started in Colorado and and then was as bad as we all expected. No, I just I, and I haven't seen Arietta pitch since then. But no, the Giants matchups enough to scare me. Uh, and then with Casimir, that that could really blow up in your face as well. Padres and uh, and the Braves. Uh, so no, I'm. This is a chance where I'm going to take the. Uh, I'll take an unknown reliever versus a known name. Yeah, I, I'm with you right there. I, I did mention to you that I'm actually attempting to stream uh, Kashmir in a league, but it's only a league where I need to get over the innings uh, minimum uh, in a league where I'm kind of punting the season to uh, in a rebuild in a uh, dynasty. So uh, not necessarily something I would normally do. Uh, I I just want to say like we're really missing out on an opportunity or the the Giants and the Padres are to start these guys against each other um you know unfortunately that would be fun Cashmere yes. starting on Monday and Arietta starting on Tuesday but I feel like we, they should they should flip one of those teams should flip that so that way they get to start against each other and just have old foggy day that would be a Graybeards, yeah, maybe maybe marketing could get like fake graybeards and let everybody wear that. That would be put, fun. Put some graybeards on some bobbleheads. I mean, that I think that's a winning strategy here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jason, uh, that's gonna do it for this episode. What are you working on? Uh, I'm taking a deeper look into Bobby Dahlbeck this week. Uh, Dahlbeck's really been hitting the ball well here over the last month or so. Uh, after looking really bad for most of the season, so it's like. When you're trying to write anything for somebody, what can you write at the 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 piece I just did about the wins and where that's coming from? That can help you over the last three week period. But you know, after that, it's like it, you're you're in off season mode. Like, what can you do and take that look? And every year we talk about, hey, who can sneak into the top 100? And 
the way Dahlbeck's been hitting the ball here in the second half, I'm curious to see where he's seen because before the season, I said he wasn't even going to finish in the top 350. And for the first two thirds of the season, that looked good. And then he started making more con like it's like he and Joey Gallo switched bodies. I mean, Gallo since the trade has been horrendous. And then, and then Dal and, and Bobby Dahlbeck has been hitting really well uh, for Boston. Uh, in, in, you know, since he's over the last month making some adjustments. So I want to take another deeper look and like what's changed. Where's, you know, where's the growth, uh, the in-season growth that maybe the numbers are hiding because you still look at his overall numbers and you're like, eh, but there's been in-season growth and it's time to start looking at it. Uh, and if you're like one of those early draft leagues, uh, because, you know, we know those happen uh, and perhaps you can get a bargain because, again, you're looking at his overall numbers, 21 home runs, hitting 244 with a 300 OBP, still a lot of strikeouts, still not a lot of walks, but there's been statistical growth in the season um, that we should be looking into and seeing what is it just a matter of him facing Baltimore, uh, you know, type of thing, or is are, are we seeing some growth? Because uh, as I look by his game by game logs, you go back to August 1st, he was hitting 214, 261, 396. Uh, and then if I just, quickly go to BREF and say, give me the performance since 326, 407, 747. That's the heater that he's been on since the start of August. So again, the, what the Yankees were hoping to get out of Joey Gallo, the Red Sox have gotten from Bobby Dahlbeck. And then 11 walks. Now, he only has 24 walks on the entirety of the season. He's had 11 of them in the last six weeks. And he has 29 strikeouts. And I, what did I say, 124, 140 strikeouts? Um, so there's been some notable growth here uh, for him over the last six weeks. And it's come against him facing the Tigers, the Jays, the Orioles, the Yankees, the Rangers, the Twins, Cleveland, the Rays, Cleveland, the Rays, the White Sox. So it's not like he's not beating up on bottom feeding teams. Uh, he's hitting the ball uh, and he's doing a lot of it here uh, over the past couple of weeks. So I said, you know, it's time to dive into this, see what's there and see how much helium he gets in the offseason. Yeah, I uh, th th that's an interesting one. Um, I, I tend to want to say that uh, he's probably just who he's been. He's a guy who gets on hot streaks and then but I mean, probably should be going higher than he was coming into drafts this year. You know, maybe yeah. Miguel Sanoish. Um, all right. Uh, you can reach me on Twitter at Justin Mason FWFB. Uh, you can uh, read my stuff at Fangraphs and uh, hear my podcasts. Uh, well, obviously this one, but uh, Friends Fantasy Benefits have been recording uh, weekly with Dave McDonald um, and uh, TGFBI. I'll be kind of getting that back going here shortly as well. You reach Jason um, at Jason Collette. Read all his stuff over at Rotowire. Uh, so that will wrap us up for this episode. For Jason and myself, thank you for listening. Have a fantastic baseball season. Take care, everybody.